Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A group of socialites gather for an exclusive dinner party held on Manhattan Island. Things are not what they seem in this high society gathering. The meal of the evening, human memory. Join Mike Diana, a reporter played by Mitch, and Adam as the handler, as we embark on the party of a lifetime and Operation Chopstick Headcount, a Delta Green scenario created by Melonbread. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. There you can find up-to-date news and a link to our Discord. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another Delta Green duet. I'm here with Mitch right now, and we're going to be playing the scenario Operation Chopstick Headcount, written by Melonbread. Uh, Mitch is going to be playing Agent Mike Diana. And why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about Mike Diana, if you can. Sure. Agent Diana, a nickname that he hates, he prefers to be called Agent Mike, is a 47-year-old freelance journalist living and working in New York City. He's trying to basically screw his way across the city and into the best stories possible. He wants to dig up the most salacious information he can, you know, whether it's from a high-class call girl who's spent a few nights with a local politician or possibly even a national politician, or if it's, you know, one of his buddies at the bar who just happens to spread a particularly juicy rumor. He is quite suave, fairly good-looking, and good at what he does. Spends a lot of time in the gym. He's really close to one of his gym bros. They hang out quite a bit. And then, of course, he's got the assorted friends with benefits. So he's a pretty popular guy. He doesn't work for any particular paper or, or media company, right? He just kind of sells his story to whoever's got the best offer or... Yep. He sells it to the highest bidder, which Excellent. these days tend to be, you know, the online blogs and whatnot, looking for all that juicy gossip. And you live in New York City, so there's plenty of juicy gossip to be found. There's always stuff going on. Yep. He's probably got an apartment on the Upper East on Manhattan, you know, within a few blocks of uh, Central Park. Let's talk a little bit about your involvement with Delta Green or the program. So we had kind of talked a little bit about maybe you had looked into something that ended up being a little bit more sinister than it seemed. Yeah, he's, you know, he was investigating this, you know, high profile, yet still, you know, not high profile. Let me start over. He was looking into this uh, swingers group slash orgy group that was rumored to have a number of high profile folks as members. And there were rumors also of some sort of weird cult aspect to it, you know, like they were doing this religious sex magic bullshit. You know, he wasn't, you know, too keen on that aspect of it, but he wanted to figure out what was going on in the hopes of exposing something that might make him truly fucking famous. Double entendre intended. Excellent. And so we'll say you crashed this orgy to try to dig up dirt on some high profile celebrities. We'll keep it vague. Let's just say things got a little bit out of control. You witnessed some things you did not expect to witness. And before you knew it, the room was being swarmed with armed men, SWAT type 
people, military type people, you weren't sure, but they rushed in, stopped whatever bad thing was happening. And then they inducted you into this group of people who know the secrets. And it's been a pretty fruitful deal for you. You've been on a few ops for them. And when you do go on ops for them, you make more money than you usually would make just finding regular stories. You still you still freelance. You're still always looking for that best story, that juicy bit that is going to escalate your career. But they told you, if we call, you answer. And you do. Oh, yeah. They probably pay, too, for whatever information I might have rumors and the like but yeah he happily jumps in because this is some serious shit and the more notes he takes the closer he gets to publishing that one big story that's going to make him huge with certain bits edited out of course we'll say right now it's a wednesday afternoon it's late september you're sitting in your apartment with your buddy chad usually hang out with him at the gym he's kind of a very big muscular african-american man He has a shaved bald head. His features are very pronounced. His head is very shiny. He has like this very clean cut look about him. He always wears these shirts that are very tight and show off his muscles. And he's very much a bro. He loves to bro around, drink beers, talk about conquests. And you have been kind of like an acquaintance with him for a while. And it's escalated into more of like a friendship where you guys actually hang out, drink beers, bullshit, maybe lift weights, do it, do what guys do. We're broing it out. So you guys are broing out on a Wednesday afternoon. You guys have uh, both you guys have both finished a couple beers each. There's something on the TV. It's not that interesting. Maybe a paused video game or a show that you're both casually watching. Just another lazy day with your friend and your phone starts to ring. Nah, bro, I'm telling you, she was like this four foot ten gym bunny, like right there on. Oh, hold on, I gotta take this. Hello, Mike speaking. It's Pete with the program. Oh, Pete, how you doing? Hold on one second for me, Pete, and he'll mute the phone real quick. Hey, Chad, I gotta take this in the other room. Go ahead and have another beer, and uh, I'll be right back. Fuck yeah, bro. All right, and he'll go into the bedroom and shut the door, unmute the phone. All right, Pete, what's up? Look, I uh, got something for you. Are you free? I can be. Something's going down tomorrow night. Any idea where? It's a party on Manhattan Island. We got an invite for you, and we're going to need you to go in, keep yourself quiet, and do your thing. Tell us what you see. Very straightforward. Shouldn't be an issue. All right. Sounds good. I think I can do that. We're going to need to meet in person so I can give you the details. Where do you want to do this? Uh, there's this uh, hot dog cart, maybe a block south of here. Want to do it there? Sounds like a plan, Diana. And you just hear the phone click. He'll grumble a little. God damn it. So you know Pete as kind of your connection with the program. He's a person you don't really know a whole lot about. He's just some suit that kind of tells you where you're needed. And you get the feeling from the few times that you've interacted with him that he's basically as out of the loop as you are as far as what the program is who's involved, who's in charge, what the structure of it is. He has no idea. He's just basically somebody who's told as little as possible, just like you kind of are told as little as possible. Sounds about right. That's right. I'll walk into this blind. I don't need to know anything. My natural charm and sexiness will see me through. 
out in the living room, you hear Chad hollering at a at a game that's on the TV. Fucking bullshit, bro. Something's wrong with this fucking controller, dude. I'll walk out of the bedroom. Uh, you just, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Come here, give me that. Nah, it's this controller. I Whenever I use the good controller, I, I always fucking win. Dude, you sound like a little brother. Cut that shit out. Nah, fuck you, bro. Come on. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, I gotta run. Uh, you can hang out here and finish up if you want. Just lock the door when you leave. All right, peace. He gives you, you he, he gives you like a a wave without even turning to see you off. He's probably hung out of your apartment before. You know that if anything, he'll just keep your place safer by being there. Nobody would possibly fuck with a place that has this huge, huge dude, you know? Oh, yeah. No one wants to mess with him. All right. So, uh, Michael toss on a jacket. What does Mike look like, by the way? Oh, that's a good question. We'll say he's about six foot three, short, dark hair with a little splash of uh, salt and pepper along the temples, clean shaven. We'll give him uh, blue eyes with the dark hair. Pretty muscular. He doesn't go for that super bulked up look. He just goes for that super ripped, you know, as if he's a, an Olympic swimmer sort of look. Probably does a lot of swimming at the gym when he can in order to maintain that look. You know, he wants to make sure that those suits fit perfectly. So he's a good dresser, definitely. Oh, yeah. Sharp dresser. He's got that nice chiseled jaw. Great ass, you know. <laughs> he's a real head turner. So you leave your apartment you throw a like a jacket or blazer on before you go you don't really need like a heavy jacket at this point it's still pretty warm out and you you push through the front door that is kind of the entrance to the apartment building in which you live and you make your way down the steps onto this pretty busy street there's a little bit of activity near where you live just always people walking by i'll wave to the doorman as i exit have a good one mike I'll see you later, Carlos. You start to make your way down to the hot dog stand, and it's only about a minute or two walk from your apartment. You make eyes on Pete basically right away. He's standing there in this sloppy suit. It looks like it doesn't really fit him too well. It might be from the 90s, maybe even older. And he's wearing this really kind of shitty looking tie that has a cartoonish graphic on it of fish or... Yeah, it has fish on it. And you see him, he's eating this hot dog. He's got ketchup and mustard all over his mouth. His hair is really greasy and it looks like he maybe just got himself up and tried to like slick it back with some water in the mirror and went on his way. All right. I'll go up to the, you know, hot dog cart. I'll order a nice hot dog, you know, onions, relish, some mustard. And then, you know, grab a couple extra napkins. I'll go over next to him. God damn it, Pete. You got to get yourself some new suits, man. Come on. I know a great tailor. You know, he'll have you looking tight. He continues eating his hot dog. Oh, also, this is for you. And I'll hand him a couple napkins. He'll go ahead and grab them. He's not making any eye contact or looking at you. Fucking smart ass. Hey, hey, hey. You know, something to aspire to, bro. And then, you know, Mike will proceed to eat his hot dog impeccably clean. You know, very carefully making sure he doesn't, you know, lose a single I don't know, drop of mustard and then he'll just gently dab the corners of his mouth with a napkin Eh? that's how it's done look i got something for you he's reaching into his pocket and he pulls out this crumpled up piece of cardstock paper and he begins to wipe his hands off on his shirt before he starts to unfold it oh dude dude i gave you napkins come on 
Respect the threads. I mean, yeah, I guess I should. This shirt kind of smells pretty bad already, though. It does. Oh, Jesus. I'm taking you to my tailor one of these days. Maybe after this shindig. Let me see that. I'll hold my hand out to grab the uh, cardstock. So the paper that it's printed on looks like it's this pretty high quality invitation. And it has this gold leaf printing on it. It looks like it was pretty nice before Pete crumpled it up and put it in his pocket. But at any rate, you begin to unfold it and you start to read what it says. You have been invited to partake in the wisdom of the Alzabo. At 4 p.m., be at the intersection of Nassau and Pine Street on Manhattan Island. Have this card with you. Do not bring weapons or electronic devices. Nassau and Pine. Michael think for himself, oh man, that's, that's all the way south. God damn it. It's a hell of a haul. What time is it now? Right now, it's about 2 p.m. You see the invitation has tomorrow's date. Okay. So any idea what this is? Are we, are we talking like another crazed sex cult or what? And why is it all crumpled? Come on, I gotta have to iron this. Look, you're you don't, gonna, you don't show up to this sort of thing with a crumpled, shitty invitation, dude. Come on. It happened in my pocket. I didn't look, bro. You gotta take better care of yourself. Do you even lift, bro? I had a rough night last night, and the night before that was pretty rough too. Eh, just they've all work it off with rough. some handball or something. You know. What do you think, Mike? You can get me in on your membership. Yeah, I could probably get a few guest passes. Look, anyways. Uh, I got a call from coach. He wants me to have you go into this party. You got to insert yourself as a guest. Don't don't use your name, obviously. Who'd you get this off of? You know, coach just handed it down to me and told me to hand it down to you. So I don't know where the fuck it came you from. Know. Who he was did, it meant for? That I couldn't tell you. He did give me a little bit of a background on this event and who's running well, it, though. Why don't you welcome me? So if they have a guest list, I'm fucked. He assured me it'd be okay. I don't think he'd send you into something if he didn't think it would be okay. All right. You and Pete begin walking down the street. You look way nicer than he does. And you kind of feel like you're standing next to this eyesore as you guys make your way down the busy city street. And Pete begins to reach into his jacket and take out this brown manila envelope that he's kind of been tucking underneath his arm. It looks a little bit damp. Here, just walk with me a minute. Let's go over this. And then I'll get out of your hair. All right. What do you got in there? And why is it moist? It's fucking hot out, man. Come on. Dude, if this if this is making you sweat, you really need to up your cardio, bro. So this party that's going on, this dinner, they have one every now and then. Been trying to get some kind of invite, trying to get some kind of way in for a while now. And since you're good at lying and good at digging dirt, and pretending and doing all that shady stuff you do. Coach decided that this one is this one's yours. The party is being put on by a woman by the name of Megan Brennan. You know anything about that name? Out of character, why don't you go ahead and give me a occult roll? All right. Oh, yeah, no idea. I rolled a 71. The name doesn't really mean anything to you. It might sound vaguely familiar, but doesn't bring anything up. This woman, Megan, she was part of this group in the 80s, 90s, some kind of criminal syndicate that our guys were always trying to go up against. They had their hands in some weird kind of magic shit. And our boys are always trying to fuck with them. And we were never, we were always trying to fuck with them. And they always fucked back with us. It was bullshit. Every time we tried to take out their leader, he'd pop up again. 
Uh, this is what coach told me. I don't know shit about it. They call it the fate though. It was an artifact trading syndicate. I don't really know. But either way, this woman was part of them back in the day. And now she's having these dinner parties. And we want to know what's going on. You see Pete is sweating. Give me a... What the kind of artifacts? Look, she's a rich collector. She has all types of bullshit. I don't know if any of it is of any real significance to us or not. But at any rate, can you just at least document what she has? If we have to go in and grab some of this stuff, we'll deal with that later. But for now, you're just going to go in, blend in, play nice, do what these people say, and just keep note of what you see. All right. I think I can do that. All right. I'll let coach know it's on. You're not going to fuck this up, right? You're going to, you're going to do what the note says. Don't try to bring a gun to this. Or if you do make sure you can fucking hide it. There's going to be goons there. I'm, I'm not going to bring anything besides, you know, my weapon's not a gun. He looks at you kind of puzzled. I'll just cock an eyebrow and give him a smart ass smirk. All right, look, whatever. And he starts to put all the paperwork together from the folder. He's, he's putting it back into the envelope. Look, take this with you. You can call me if anything comes up. Otherwise, don't bother me. Well, I'll call you when I'm done. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. In the meantime, why don't you uh, take a bath, hit up a dry cleaner, you know, get yourself cleaned up, maybe take a nap, and I'll see you about those guest passes for the gym. You could really use some stress relief, bro. Maybe even get a massage or something. Massage doesn't sound half bad, am I right? And he elbows you and kind of gives you this this chuckle yeah there's this uh there's this asian place that's what i'm talking about my brother yep on the uh, upper west I'll, I'll i'll give you the name i got their card back at my place you see him he's he's walking away kind of laughing shaking his head and he throws his hand up in the air as like a it's like a kind of a joke dismissal i'm done with this and he's walking away laughing shaking his head mike's just gonna shake his head a little himself and fucking schlub and he'll start walking back to his place, looking over the invitation. You get back to your apartment, right past the doorman, right up the elevator, into your room. Chad is still on the couch playing Call of Duty or some other mindless video game. What's going on, bro? Did you get some food or something? Yeah, I just hit up the hot dog cart. You brought me one, right? No. Fucking asshole. Nah, fuck you. You're drinking my beer. Yo, play me around. All right. I'll jump on the couch and grab a controller you guys do your thing for a little bit longer chad eventually leaves to either go to the gym or meet up with a girl you kind of forget it's basically always one or the other yeah after he leaves i'll uh go into the bedroom pull out the ironing board and try to straighten out that invitation without damaging it or rubbing off any of the gold leaf try and make it look at least somewhat respectable while i think of whatever bullshit lie i'm gonna tell in order to explain why it looks so shitty in case they ask the maid thought it was trash i will like an art roll to see how well you're able to get that back to its original state okay your art skill is in journalism but it doesn't really matter like you have 60 in art so why don't you go ahead and give that a give that a go i rolled an eight yeah this is looking pretty pristine right now doesn't even look like it was in that asshole's pocket you got a little drop of ketchup on it, but it's nobody's going to notice. All right. Excellent. And then once that's done, he'll go into his walk-in closet and decide which sexy outfit he's going to wear to the shindig. Which silky shirt he's going to wear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to get the right suit, the right shirt, the right pair of shoes, the right socks, because your sock game's got to be on point. 
you know, and then there's the question of underwear. Does he go with the boxer briefs, the silk boxers? These are complicated choices. It is a complicated choice because, you know, somebody is likely to see you in your underwear at some point. So you do think about it. You know, you never know when you're going to bring a girl back. Oh, and thinking about that, he's going to hop in the shower and do a little manscaping just to be absolutely sure. Go ahead and give me your art roll again. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He'll have one of those American psycho moments where he's just checking himself out in the mirror going, yeah, damn, I'm fine. You're flexing in front of a foggy bathroom mirror, getting yourself pumped up, feeling pretty good about yourself right at the moment. Damn straight. Anything else you wanted to do before, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock starts to come around the next day? Yeah, I mean, he's going to slam a protein shake, grab some of the supplements, you know, make sure he's in bed right on time. He'll wake up the next morning, 530 sharp, do a quick calisthenics routine in his place, check his emails, check his voicemails because he leaves his phone on silent most of the time, you know, except for priority calls like from Pete. You probably have a different ringtone for when Pete calls. Yeah. Maybe something that kind of indicates either your annoyance or your, maybe it's like a, maybe it's a cash register sound. I don't know. Maybe it's. It's the poppy bubbly anime theme song. That way everyone thinks it's a girl calling. Okay. So does that cover what you want to do for the day basically before like in preparation for this? You know, he'll go through the blogs and call his connections, see what's going on in the rumor mill. If there's anything else juicy, he might want to follow up on later. He'll make sure that his outfit for the evening is perfect. You know, a nice medium blue suit, an excellent white silk shirt with a very subtle pattern on it, brown shoes, brown belt. He's going to make sure that the belt is particularly strong, though, in case he needs to choke a motherfucker with it, because they said no weapons, but I can improvise. It's a good call, actually. And then he's going to get a small bit of uh, notepaper and the tiniest, flattest pen he has. He probably has specialized pens for just this sort of occasion. And he's going to tuck that into his wallet so no one realizes that he's carrying any sort of obvious mechanism with which to gather notes. Excellent. So at about 3.30 p.m., you receive a strange text message to your phone. Okay, at that point, he's probably on the subway heading down to the address. So maybe he gets the text when he's at uh, one of the stops switching or something. So we'll say that the the information that they gave to you said not to necessarily meet at the address, to meet at like a pickup location. So you're probably headed on the subway to this pickup location, which is not too far away. Pete probably actually would have told you this too, that a limo was going to pick you up and bring you down to the estate. They had maybe done a little bit of a stakeout on one of the last dinner parties that this woman had. Maybe that's how they realized that they needed eyes on the inside. Sounds good. So you receive this text and it basically says, you know, we'll say that it's addressed to a fake name. The text message says, Brian Anderson, your ride awaits at the location. Right. Excellent. He will uh, not respond to that text and he'll just proceed to the location with like a last minute check as to how he looks in like one of the one of the windows on the subway. He'll kind of look at his reflection there and make sure everything's in order. It's impeccable, as always. Yeah, you sexy bitch. You eventually make your way to the location indicated previously. It's a little ways up from a bus stop outside of a cafe. And you see that there's a limo there. Two very large men standing outside. 
Both of them look very similar to each other. Very large, tall men, not necessarily very muscular, just big. They're both bald. They have black sunglasses on. They're wearing black blazers, basically, without any dress shirts underneath, just these buttoned up black blazers. And they're standing, seemingly looking pretty alert outside of the limo. All right. Mr. Anderson will walk up to them, nod at them politely, and then show them the invitation. You hand the invitation to the large man that's closest to you, and he holds it, glances at it for a second, then looks at you. A moment crosses your mind where you think, holy shit, maybe this is going to backfire right now. And he takes the invitation, he puts it into his jacket pocket, and he motions for you to come forward. And then he takes out this uh, electronic scanner, like a metal detector, and he motions for you to spread apart so he can begin scanning you. As he uh, pulls out the scanner, I will pull out my phone, make sure it's encrypted and then it's got the passkey and all that set up. I will turn it off and I will hand it to him. No electronic devices. You get this back at the end of the night. He puts it into his jacket pocket. Thank you. And then I'll put my arms out and let them scan me for everything else. He goes ahead and he runs the wand over you. It doesn't beep. He gives you a quick pat down as well, which you find a little bit odd. But then he leans over to the window of the limo. These windows are tinted very black, by the way. You can't see anything inside. Okay. The window cracks down a little bit, and you can see the facade of a person in the driver's seat. This is the last one. We're good to go after him. The man opens up the passenger door for the the back of the limo. Any motions for you to get in? I'll climb in. And as I climb in, I'll look at the guy that gave me the pat down. Nice work with the jewels. (laughs) And then I'll get in and shut the door. When you get into the limo, you see that there's four other people inside of the limo. Two men and two women. And they all seem to be very well-dressed in their in the ages of 40 to 50. They're very attractive looking people. You get the impression that they're definitely people that come from high society. Oh, now I'm hoping this is definitely an orgy. You definitely are reading this kind of jovial vibe when you get into the backseat of the limo. They all are kind of like already laughing and joking with each other and stuff. And they immediately begin greeting you as you pile in. Hi. Hello, hello. I'll introduce myself as Brian Anderson, all in my suave fashion. They uh, they got this thing stocked. Looking for, obviously looking for like a little bar within the limo. Oh, absolutely. And only the best. Oh, beautiful. grabs a bottle of champagne and begins to fill up a cup for you, fill up a, a nice glass for you. Thank you kindly. I'll accept the glass and start sipping it. Is this your first time coming to one of these events? As a matter of fact, it is. They all kind of look at each other, smiling. Well, it's going to be a great time. It's very nice to meet you. My name's George. The man who hands you the, who handed you the glass reaches out his hand for a handshake. It's nice to meet you as well, George. I'll shake his hand. I am definitely looking forward to this. Ah, are you left-handed by any chance? It's a good question. <laughs> it, he just isn't like noticing by the hand you shook with, and you don't really think anything of it. Like I don't know if your character is left-handed or not. No, it wouldn't he'll be a righty. No, no, I'm right-handed. Oh, that's interesting. You shook with your left. Wait, what? <laughs> and Mike will take a moment and be like, wait a second. My left? What the hell? 
And he'll try to remember whether or not it was his right hand or his left hand. You can't really remember. You're concerned about how he would have even, or why, why would he pick that up? These people are seemingly very happy people, but you already are starting to get an odd vibe. Yeah. As he, you know, finishes up with the, the comment, you know, you shook with your left, Michael stop and be like, oh, well, you know, I had a glass in the other one. Oh, uh, it's just, you know, it's so rare to find lefties. I just, you know, I always try to point it out when I see one. It's my mistake. Anyways, how did you, how do you know Megan? And thinking of a lie much faster than the player. <laughs> oh, you know, we met quite some time ago at one of these, uh, you know, one of these fets uptown. We sort of keep in touch distantly here and there. Oh, that's great. Well, at any rate, we're very glad to have you. This is going to be an amazing night, truly. I'm glad to be here. You're never going to forget it. I'm looking forward to it. And he'll, you know, go along with the rest of the ride, doing everything he can to sort of keep everything cheerful, joking, laughing, trying to raise everyone's spirits, cracking the occasional dirty joke. And they're loving you. They love the personality that you're emanating right now. They're loving these dirty jokes. These are maybe some dirty people. You have no idea. This is working out great. You're actually blending in really well. Damn straight. It's never been an issue for you anyways. As a journalist, you've always kind of been able to chameleon yourself wherever needed. You take a look out the window of the limousine and you can't see anything. The tint is on both sides and you are unable to see where this car is driving at all. The people in the car don't seem to mind. This seems to be very, not routine, but nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. And he's carefully cataloging the names and faces of the folks that he's joking around with. If they have any nicknames or if anyone slips up and uses a different name for someone in the car, he's going to take note of that as well. Why don't you go ahead and give me an alertness roll? Yeah, nope, 75. You don't pick up any slips in behavior. If these people are acting, they're hanging on to their roles pretty well right now. Okay. Eventually the car stops. One of the goons gets out and he opens the door and all the people in the car start to step out and you feel this big gust of wind. Wind. Where are we located? Do I see water nearby? Or do I smell water nearby? You do. You find yourself on this windswept bluff. It's overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. This you know. And you see a mansion at the very top. Can you give me a history roll? 58. You're not familiar with this building, actually. It does look like a pretty fine piece of property, but you're not really aware of what this is. All right. You know, I'll take note of any distinguishing features of the building, the kind of architecture it has, whether it's you know Victorian, Edwardian, et cetera, et cetera, and try to get a bearing. You know, Do I see the city in the distance anywhere? You do. You're able to basically pinpoint where you where you think you are right now you are on new amsterdam what which eventually became manhattan island and you know about about this place as a new yorker that that's what you know okay so we're still on manhattan that's good you see there's about five of these goons now they all look pretty much the same maybe they all got hired out of the same company or something you're not really sure but It's a little bit jarring to see these very similar looking men all standing together, kind of. And you see they have these like earpiece Bluetooth headset things they'll occasionally use to communicate with each other. There's five of them total. Hmm. High powered goons. Good to know. 
So the guests, they're still very happy, still very cheerful, very spirited right now. And once they exit the car, one of these armed security guards starts to lead everybody up into this estate. And before long, you are actually at the house. And the guests begin to file inside of the the parlor of this house. I'll go with the flow. Being very observant, taking in the surroundings, making note of doorways, entrances, and exits from the various rooms we may pass through or the hallway that we pass through, and keeping a general idea where the main entrance is relative to my position. Once everybody files into this parlor, the man who handed you a drink in the car He immediately just puts himself behind the bar and starts pouring drinks for people. He's pouring some kind of alcohol out of this strange globe-shaped bottle. Do you have any skill in navigate? Nope. Just wondering. You can't help but think about what the man said in the car, the weird left-handed thing. And you see, he's pouring drinks for everybody, handing them off to the people in the room. He hands you one as well. And then he pours himself a drink and you can't help but just look at his hands and you see they're a little bit scarred up, maybe some kind of fire, some kind of chemical burn. You're not really sure. You didn't notice it before. Hmm. You keep thinking about that comment that he made. You know, maybe he is just interested in other left-handed people or something. I'm not really sure. But you notice that the drink is in his right hand. It makes you kind of wonder. Because it looks like he's right-handed. What the hell is he talking about? Weird. But then again, that sort of thing tends to follow these assignments. About 10, 15, 20 minutes pass, and everybody is just drinking, having a good time. You can smell the alcohol in the air as the people become more jovial. They become more in this celebratory mood. It starts to really become a party. You hear these bellowing laughs. You hear just commotion as people just become rowdier. You see, people are starting to come across differently than they seemed in the car. Can you give me a human role? Oh, critical success on my human, an 11. Wow. Okay. So you start to notice that people are actually acting somewhat strangely. The people that you notice, you're, you're reading different body language on these people. People that appeared stiff now appears slouched and vice versa. The cadence and tone of people's voices is beginning to change. You're noticing that people are starting to address one another by different names than the names that you learned in the car. At this point, you're kind of engaging a little bit less. You're sort of just observing. You're still able to smile and be kind and blend in as well as you need to but you are starting to notice the things that are off about this gathering. I'll keep taking note of names and faces. If anyone else enters or slides into the room, I'll try to make sure that I take note of them. And you know, he'll continue telling the occasional dirty joke, trying to liven things up a bit, but he'll be very careful not to make it any more awkward. Like, so if there's a, an awkward pause, he won't step into that. But if there's a way he can slide a joke or a, witty comment into a conversation and have it just flow, then he'll do that. Looking around you, you're starting to notice some of the things inside of this estate. Right now, you guys are basically confined to this parlor room. And you see that the men who escorted you there and the men who 
are already at this estate guarding it are just standing by the doors, looking very stern. You start to look at some of the architecture of this place, some of the things that are around. A lot of it is just nice, high-class art, some very modern-looking sculptures, some pictures, paintings from antiquity. You know that whoever owns this place is a very wealthy, successful person. You continue to look around. You see this thing on the table. It's like a, it's a golden colored box. It looks like wood with golden paint. And it's sort of just sitting on top of the bar and just perusing, lifting the lid of the box. You see that inside there's a preserved, severed, some type of animal paw. And you can't really figure out what it is. And it looks bigger than a bear. It's, you're not really sure. It's some type of weird hunting trophy or something. And you look at it for a second and you kind of admire the uniqueness of it, I guess. And you probably put it back. You see that there's a few like metal urns that are behind the bar as well. You're not really sure what's inside. They're pretty plain looking. But you see that each one has a small card with handwritten notes on it. And you can't make out what the notes say at all. It's either too blurry of writing or script or just too illegible. Or it's just not any kind of script that you recognize at all. It makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You're just kind of looking around right now, admiring this unusual collection of things in this room. Yep, taking it all in, making note of the weirdness, making note of the various artifacts, specifically so I can tell Pete about it later. Maybe I'll start typing up the report in my head as I'm checking all these things out. You stand up for a second and you see like a small sofa. There's a coffee table in front of it and a TV on the other side. It's not one of the newer type TVs. It's not a flat screen. It's one of the old bulky TVs that really fat and just took up this whole entertainment center. And you can see there's this kind of dated entertainment center there as well. And it kind of looks a little bit out of place with all the very refined things in the in the room. You see on the coffee table there are a few VHS tapes. Someone likes the old school. Nice. You can see on the cover of the tape, 69 and a half weeks, over a year's worth of nonstop action on one videotape. This film features adult video legend Wick Deeper's debut in the infamous Paris Catacombs orgy scene, a must-have for any collector, directed by Carl Plough, re-released on Apex Video, 29.95. And it's basically this ad from a magazine that's taped over this black VHS cover, a VHS tape that looks home recorded, at least the box. And you see there's some paperwork under it as well, some handwritten notes. I'll try to take a look at those notes, but I'll do it subtly, you know, as if I'm looking at the box when actually I'm looking at the notes. Looking at the note, 216, found this AVN today. No year on it, damn it. But this is one of her movies. I'll send it away tomorrow. You see another piece of paper behind it. It's dated 3-7. It finally arrived. It was filmed in 1996, and apparently her career is on a downward slide. It's her, all right. But still, no name. There's some kind of magnet error on the tape where her name should be in the credits. You're right. Her name has to be the key. Interesting. You see one of the women from the car sits down on the sofa, and she beckons you to have a seat with her. I'll perk up a little, saunter on over, and slide into the spot next to her. 
Come on, Brian, sit with me. You're such a handsome fellow. Here, you look uncomfortable. Why don't you have more drink? Oh, happily. I'll hold out his glass for her to refresh him. She pours you more drink from the strange globe. I will sip it very carefully. It tastes good. It doesn't taste like any alcohol you're used to, and you're not really sure. Maybe it's absinthe or something. It has like a slight, almost anise taste to it. Hmm. And you start to feel yourself feel more relaxed as this alcohol is starting to kick in. If you enjoyed this game of Delta Green, make sure to check out our other Delta Green one-shots. We have several listed now and more to come soon.